Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. And the Lord said unto him, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it. Can I tell you, you know, uh, there was a guy named Charlie Daniels that had a song. He, he sang a song about the devil went down to Georgia looking for a soul to steal. Amen. Well, that, when I read that, that's what it reminded me of. You know, the devil's walking through the earth looking. Well, Larry's looking. Amen. And if you'll, if you'll hang a sign outside your door and that, that you allow him to come in, he will hinder you and he will slow down your progress. Amen. In Revelations 12, 9 through 11, it said, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb. And the church said, By the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. So there's this, and, and Jesus said in John 10 and 10, He said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. He said, But I come that they might have life and have that life more abundantly. In 1 Peter 5 7 through 10 said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He said, Be sober, be vigilant. Because who? Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He said in verse 9, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto this eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that he hath suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And 2 Corinthians 4 and 6 through 10 reads like this. And this is what the devil's after. He said, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Sister Lana, that's what he's after is that treasure that's in this earthen vessel. Amen. He may not cause you... To, to back, he cannot take your salvation, as we said earlier. But, Sister Donna, he can cause you to put off what God has laid in your heart to accomplish what God would have you to do for him. And all he's after, Brother Chris, is to get that treasure in our earthen vessel. So many times we, we see people that just don't put much stock, Brother Jack, in that treasure in this earthen vessel. But the devil, that's what he's after, is to get that treasure he said that we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, and not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. 
And I know I've read a lot of scripture, but I'm just trying to build a little something here, Brother Allen, that, that, that God has already warned us about our adversary, the devil. He's done warned us about he's not going as an a, 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 a eagle or a, a chicken or an elephant, but he's going as a roaring lion seeking. You know, I, I was talking to a guy today, and he said, man, I've been trying to live right, trying to do right, but he said, it looks like all things has come against me. I said, man, you're doing good. That's the way it works, Brother Larry. Amen. You know, when I was out in the world doing what the world does, I had troubles, but it was just what life was. But I ain't had troubles, Brother Donnie, like I've had since I've served to God, but I ain't got a promise like I had since I've served God. Amen. This is just, we're just passing through this thing, church. This is just for a little while, and we're out of here, and we're on to the other side. Amen. But see, the devil would come along, and he's trying to steal that treasure that treasure, that Holy Ghost, that hope of God living on the inside of us, the thing that the, the Bible said that the angels desired and looked into, such a baby, about this thing called the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God living on the inside. And I was thinking today, there ain't no big Holy Ghost and no little Holy Ghost, amen. The Bible said that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, Brother Bobby. He's the same through a thousand generations, the same Holy Ghost that it took Peter to get out of that boat and walk on the water. We still have that same Holy Ghost. We have that same Jesus living on the inside of us. Amen. Aren't you thankful? I thought about how in Hebrews 11, 13, and 15, and I'm sure a lot of us can relate to this scripture. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were and persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Brother Boyd always talks about not driving your stakes down too far. Oh, Job said, I come here naked and I'm going to leave here naked. Amen. It's easy to say all that when the checking account's good and, and the job's going good and the husband and the wife both are doing good and the kids are behaving and getting all A's in school and the boss man's been on vacation for six months. It's been good. Amen. I says, Amen. Don't always live like that. Amen. But I'm thankful for a promise. But it said, for they seek, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been, think about this, if they'd been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Sister Joy, I don't ever want that opportunity to go back from where I come from. I don't want to be like the prodigal and get back in the hog pen where I come from. The Bible said, have they been mindful from whence they came out. Aren't you thankful for all those times that, that the devil might have put a thought, Brother Brian, in your mind or in your soul about going back to where you come from. You didn't have all these problems. You didn't have all these cares. But aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost that just tugs on you and says, oh, no. No, no, it wasn't all that that you had. You know, the children of Israel said, I wish we was back in bondage. I wish we was back in Egypt. Somehow, Sister Smith, they forgot about all the taskmasters that they set up under and all that killing of their children that they set up under. And I'll, the devil will paint you that pretty, but I'm thankful that these folks in Hebrew said that they were mindful of that country from whence they came out that they might have opportunity. I don't want to have an opportunity. Sister Cricket, I don't want to go back. There's nothing to go back to. I want to be, who was the young man that took the, 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 the the mantle and slapped the waters and said, where is the God of Elijah? Elisha said, man, I'm following a man of God. I'm getting out of the farming business. Amen. 
He didn't have anything to go back home to, Brother Jerry. He burned it. My question is, have we burned everything that we don't have nowhere to go? But if we don't, if God don't take us and take care of us, where would we be? I thought about how in Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I heard Brother Boyd say this more than one time, but be careful who speaks into your life. Amen. Sister Joan, everybody that says friends, friends, not your friend. Amen. Sister Summer, I've had some of my friends turn out to be some of them. And never mind, I won't even go down that. Amen. But see, it's really easy sometimes. And, and I hate to admit this because I got the microphone tonight. But, but, you know, I've not always been one of those guys that looked at the glass being half full. Brother Mike, I've always had trouble sometimes looking at the glasses being half empty. Yes, a defeated before we ever get started. And if you hang around those kind of people that talk that kind of stuff in your life, Brother Larry, you'll, they'll just keep you pushed down and pressed down. But I'm thankful for church-going people and God-fearing people that have put their arm around you and just encourage you and just say, come on, just take another step. Just come on, just trust God one more time. Come on, get out of the boat and try it one more time. Because I don't want to be mindful of where I come from to go back. I want to watch who I hang out with and who I hang with. Because, Brother Everett, everybody's not going to give you an encouraging word. Everybody's not going to encourage you. Devil's going to send somebody by to discourage you and try to get you off track to where you start thinking about how good it was in Egypt. I don't know about y'all, but my Egypt wasn't all that. Amen. I thought about how we're going, what I'm driving to this evening is to talk about Peter. He makes a statement in John where he talks about, I go fish. But we all know that in, in Mark 16, 9 through 11, it says, Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard, talking about the disciples, that he was alive and had been seen of her. The Bible said, they believed not. In John 20 and 19 said the same day of the evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them peace be unto you. Have you ever just been in a place sister joy? Amen. Looked like you know all had come against you. <laughs> Like the day was never going to be sunny again and it was just going to stay dark. I might have told you this, but I remember one time going, my dad was on life support. Went to the hospital and the doctor very plainly just told us, he said, y'all need to uh, make funeral plans because your dad will never leave. Man, every time we went in to see old dad sitting in that ICU unit, we just watched the monitors. And if you've got a, and I'm not throwing no sticks, so just stay with me for a few minutes. But Sharon was in the medical, well, she is in the medical field, thank you, Jesus. And, and so when they talk medical terms, she understands what they're talking about. See, Sister Melinda, to me, a, a Winn-Dixie bag boy, I don't understand what they're talking about, all that kind of stuff, but she does. So they throw a big word out there, and then she'd have to interpretate to me what that meant. So every time we went in there, and we got so perplexed, Brother, everybody about watching those machines, they finally told us, said, you people need to calm down. 
said, you're just going there and looking at these levels, and they'll change, so just don't. But I remember sitting outside that ICU unit, and people were going in there and seeing Daddy and praying for Daddy and coming out, and people would just come by, and they'd just pat me on the head and say, everything's going to be okay. Brother, that ain't what I needed. What I needed was somebody said, faith in God. We praying for you, Brother Wayne. We praying for your family. We praying for your daddy. Because, see, when we went in there, all we was looking at was those monitors and going by what those monitors would say. But I needed somebody to wrap their arms around me and say, look. See, I've been in those times where I've been inside, spiritually speaking, and had the door shut. And I understand where Peter and, and James and John and, and, and um, my, my namesake, Thomas, and Nathaniel, how, and the Bible said, and two others they didn't even name. How they could be despondent. And Peter could say, look, I'm going back. to. Have you ever thought about, uh, I'm going back. Well, there's just too hard. Have you had some things such an end in your life that you got off that off-ramp of, of serving God and he just thought, my God, how am I going to make it through this thing? But Sister Susan, aren't you thankful for a God that'll send you a word, whether it's a word through a song, whether a word through a praise worship, whether it's a word through a testimony service, whether it's through, a, Brother Wayne, through a word of reading his word. Brother Junior, somebody will pick up the phone and say, Brother Junior, I'm just praying for you. Well, see, to the world, when you tell them, Sister Donna, I'm just praying for you, it don't mean a lot. But to a Jesus-saved person, that means a whole lot. Because when I was sitting on that floor, all I needed, Brother Kenny, was just somebody to say, Brother Wayne, we're standing in the gap and making up the hedge for you. We're praying for you, son. Because I couldn't write a big enough check to get my daddy off life support and to spare his life. All the devil kept reporting, repeating in my mind was, is your devil, go make funeral plans. Because he's a medical man. That's what, and I told the man, I said, look, you do what you do, and we're going to do what we do. And I'm thankful for a man of God that just instilled and just bammed and bammed and bammed inside of us about faith. Because I've been there where it just looked like all hope was gone. But Paul wrote and said, if only in this life we have hope, we're all men most miserable. Church, we got more than hope, Brother Bobby. We got a promise. The promise is that he's coming back to get us. He said, I'll not leave you nor forsake you. I thought about how, and I don't know about y'all, maybe when y'all spring out of bed, y'all do this, but Brother Wayne don't do this. He don't spring out of bed anyway, but I won't get into that. But Philippians 4 and 8 says, Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. After the devil's, me and him's fault, like 12 rounds, I don't always pop out of bed thinking, man, I'm ready to sing a song. But I'm thankful when God drops a song in my soul. I'm thankful when God drops a scripture in my mind and just says, Wayne, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm 122% in favor of church and getting together and going to church, Sister Terry, but you don't have to be in the presence of church members or, or in the church for God to talk to you and you feel God's spirit. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm thankful for that. So there's sometimes in our life, Sister Debbie, we don't always can jump out of bed and sing those wonderful songs or, or sing ourselves happy in bed. 
And I'm thankful about there's a, what is there, an innumerable company of angels that encamp us about those that fear him? When I was out in the world, I didn't have that, Brother Kevin. I didn't have anything. So thankful that God was so kind. Do you ever just think about, I think about this all the time, Sister Amanda, about how God chose me to serve him, Brother Chris. I mean, if I was picking players on a team, I wouldn't have picked me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been with me a long time, Brother Mark. I wouldn't have picked me. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But God, Brother Donnie, just said, I can take something and make, and only God could, you know what I'm saying. Only God could take something like me and make something out of me. And I'm so thankful. I can relate to him. I can, can you imagine Peter? You know, God just says, look, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind, I'll bind. Whatever you loose, I'll loose. Oh, by the way, I'm going to call you Cephas, meaning stone. You're my man, Peter. Peter said, look, God, I won't deny you. I'm here for you. And he said, oh, no, you're going to deny No, 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 I'm not. He said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you and sift you as weak. He said, but I prayed for you. I prayed for you. Aren't you glad for people that prayed for you, Brother Kenny? The power of prayer. So I can understand how Peter could say, you know what? I'm just going back to what I, I, I've just messed this whole thing up. You know, I run with John to the sepulcher after Mary Magdalene told us, and I looked, and I seen it was all empty. But, but Jesus, what happened? We thought you was going to be here and set up a kingdom on this earth. Now these Jews have killed you, and, and they're looking to get us. You know, I often think about how people talk about being persecuted in the United States. That's just hard for me to wrap my mind around. You know what I'm saying? I walk by Brother Larry in Walmart, and he don't speak to me more. That just upset my whole cart. You think about people. I was reading where somebody was in Korea or somewhere, China. They meet out in the middle of the river, out in a lake, in pitch darkness and, and pass out Bibles. The missionary of the story I was reading said he left some old Bibles in his room. When he got back, Brother Chris, the Bibles were gone, and he thought, oh, my God, the government has figured this thing out, and they're coming to get me, Sister Jane. He said, a few days later, said the janitor come by, and he said, thank you for the Bibles. He said, I was in your room cleaning. He said, I took those Bibles. Most of us has got two or three, four or five Bibles. Amen. It's just everywhere. It's available everywhere, Brother Brian. And, and I can understand how sometimes we can get despondent, as old Peter did. I, I want to tell you, I don't know how many of you folks know about Apple Computer. It's a small company, and uh, they're not very well known. Um, <laughs> there was three gentlemen that started that company. Steve Jobs. I'm sorry. I knew I was going to do that. All right, start over. Let me just tell you all that while I'm here and i got a few minutes. I went to church with a guy. I said, before he got saved, he didn't know the difference between Job and Job. I said, man, I like that. I'm going to use that. Huh? Job and Job. He said he didn't know the difference until he got saved. I said, good God, I like that. Aren't you thankful you know the difference between Job and Jobs? Amen. So I'll start over. Steve Jobs. Steve Wozniowski. Ron Wayne. Founded Apple Computer in April 2nd, 1976. Ron Wayne designed the company logo, wrote the Apple One computer, 
user's manual and drafted the company's original partnership agreement. Now, this is where I'm driving to just 12 days into the Apple startup, feeling out of his depth because he was standing in the shadow and in, in intellectual, intellectual, whoops, I messed that all up, smart people, Ron threw in the towel and sold his shares for just $800. Ron was in his 40s. The other two was in their 20s. Jobs and Wanoski became multimillionaires at a young age. Ron Wayne's finances had been in a hole for the last 40 years. Put on your seatbelt. Ron Wayne's 10% stake in Apple Computer in August of August of last year, 2018, would have been worth over $100 billion. That would have made him the second richest man in the world in August of 2018. Now, this is chiefly math, so I'm off just a little bit. Just play along, please. If you put $1 billion $1 bills end-to-end, they would reach 63 miles. $100 billion would stretch 6,300 miles. That would take you from Key West to Oregon and back. Well, just a little bit over. Now, get this. It says, Steve Jobs tried on many occasions to get Ron Wayne to come back to Apple Computer, to the Apple Computer Company, but he would not. Hmm. Now, it said that both of these young men love to be in the presence of Mr. Wayne. Crazy thing that I got from this, Sister Amanda, they didn't ask Mr. Wayne to leave the company. He felt inferior about who he was around. They didn't say he was inferior. But somebody hindered his progress, Brother Kenny. After just a few days on the team, he said, I'm willing to sell out for $800. I read an article, Brother Kevin, that said that now he had his house broken. He had a little some savings up. And they broke in and stole that, and he had to sell his house just to survive. <laughs> but Brother Chair, he was right there. But they just told him, himself, talking to himself. Just said, boy, you in way over your head. You're in way over your league here, and this is not good. I wonder how many times he's thought, if he was honest and would have said, Brother Bob, I wish I'd have just stayed in the game. I wonder how many people that sat on these pews and went to church where I went to church and, and been with me look back, and if they would admit it, they would say, I wish I'd have just stayed. I can't tell you, Brother Wayne, how many times I wish I'd have stayed serving God when I was a young man. Brother Allen, I wish I'd have stayed underneath Brother Slaughter when he was teaching way back yonder. When my mama took me to church and got me established to go into church. I just, I'm just humbled that God gave me so many multiple, multiple chances. I wonder how many people sit amongst us that, and Brother Bobby was talking about this Sunday. I wonder how many people, just like Mr. Wayne here, that says, you know, I can't sing like Brother Chris, or I can't preach like Brother Rayleigh, or I can't teach Sunday school like so-and-so, or I can't drive the bus, or I can't, I can't worship like Brother Jerry does. God's saying, you're not them. I wonder how many people take a spiritual shovel, Sister Joyce, and dig a hole and put their spiritual talent in that hole, Sister Landon, because somebody, themselves, themselves, 
has spoke to him and said, Brother Mike, you won't never be a brother boy. But you don't have to be a brother boy. You just have to be a brother Mike. I was thinking coming over here tonight, I was thinking about who was that guy that had that great revival and God told him to go out in the desert. He had one man he just wanted to even talk to. Wasn't that Philip? He said, Philip, I got somebody I want you to go talk to. What happened to that little Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch and he had not obeyed. If that man hadn't stopped that great revival where there was miracles and all that going on, when the men of God, Peter and John, had showed up and they got that thing, kept it going. I wonder, Sister Jim, what would have happened? Brother Kevin, we may not be here but for one purpose, just for one person. I'm sure you're like me. I've had some wonderful people walk into my life, and if they hadn't walked in my life, just been there maybe for just a little while to help me get through a tough spot. I don't remember if I told you. I won't get into the story, but I had a friend that was lost as a blind dog. I was at, about at the end of my rope just some years ago. This man picked up the phone, and he just said, Man, I'm just checking on you, Brother Orlando. Are you, are you okay? I heard you was moving. I mean, I'm concerned. I don't want you to move. Everything's going to be all right, Wayne. Just stay in there. If you would have told me to write on a piece of brother, a piece of paper, Brother Danny, on who, who might would call me and encourage me, I would have never put this man's name on that piece of paper. An old blind lost sinner. Brother Chavez picked up the phone. Heard the voice of God. I know it had to be God. I walked in from the carport, and I told Sharon, I said, you will never believe who just called me and encouraged me to keep going to church, not to throw in the towel. I thought about how in 2 Corinthians 10 and 12, it says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend them, themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. I wonder how many people just let the fire go out. Sister Joan, just because the devil said, well, you can never do that. But can I tell you, church, if God's called you to do something, God's equipped you to do whatever God's called you to do. God will never put you or never lead you into a place that he'll walk off and leave you. So many times, Sister Betty, we let the devil intimidate us. I got a brother-in-law that sells life insurance. If you'll stand still, he'll sell you some life insurance. I guarantee you. That dude is good as they come. But I'll tell you this, all he does, he eats, sleeps, walks, and talks insurance. He don't know nothing about the Gators, the Seminoles, the Hurricane, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, or anything else. He don't know who's the tennis player, the basketball player, or who's the best golfer. But you need life insurance, he's your man. He's got 52 plans, and he can put you in one of those plans. <laughs> he's got confidence that's bowling out his ears. But that's all he cares about. My point is, is this. If we love God that much, see, that devil don't intimidate my brother-in-law. Because the devil don't care. He, he ain't changing nobody's eternal location. But what you and I possess on the inside will change people's eternal destination. See, Sister Melinda, if God said if we'd open our mouth, he'd feel it. But if you'll give the devil just a little bit of play, Brother Farrell, he'll hinder you and keep you from doing what God has purposed in your heart to do. 
I thought about how that it's hard for me to believe that in John 7, 3 through 5, it says, talking about Jesus, that his brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. Now get this, verse 5 says, For neither did his brethren believe him. Now, I, I'm just going to step out here for just a moment, and I'm just telling you the way Wayne feels. You know, the Bible says that in the last verse, of the last chapter of John, chapter 21, I think, it says if all the books have been written of all the things that God had done while he was here, Brother Kenny said he perceived the whole world couldn't contain them. I just got to believe his brother seen something even before he was revealed at 30 years old. I just believe that. I just believe that. And, and you just got to know, Brother Rayleigh, that his brothers seen what was going on. And you know that he, they had to hear about him feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000 and make the lepers clean and opening the blinded eyes. But, but how could they be his brother, Sister Debbie? And the Bible plainly says in verse 5, for neither did his brethren believe him in him. I thought about how Luke 8, 49 and 54 says, while he yet spake, talking of, he, there cometh one, talking about Jairus, there one cometh from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he said, he answered him and said, fear not, believe only. Well, that's a hard one, ain't it? When that negative report drops in your ear, and the master hinder says, go ahead and eat you some of that, grab you some of that. But God's saying, fear not, just believe on him. She shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the maiden. The Bible said in verse 52, said they all wept and bewailed her. But he said, weep not, for she is not dead, but sleepeth. And verse 53 says, and they laughed him to scorn. Now, laughter's, Somebody said, I think the preacher wrote that laughter is like a good medicine. Amen? But it ain't so good when people's laughing at you and you didn't tell a joke. And you tell people, hey, God's a healer, and they look at you and say, yeah, right. Or God can change your situation, and they look at your brother Bob and say, yeah, right. Or God can meet this need for you. One better than that, brother Ray, I'm praying for you. Most people just laugh at you. I remember one time at work, a lady said, he said, hey, Wayne, I need prayer. I went, whack. That stopped that. She didn't call Wayne back down to her office to pray for her. I think she meant she wanted me to go home and pray for her. I just figured out, whack. I just laid hands on her. She's, man, I got that crazy kind of faith. Amen. Hey. God ain't scared. He just needs somebody to get out of the boat. I want to be that person that gets out of the boat. I don't want to be like those people that stayed. I don't know how many, I don't know how many people stayed in the boat. That's what I want to know, Brother Jack. Call them people's name out. Don't beat on old poor old Peter. No, we beat Peter for forsaking Jesus and all that. But the Bible said they all forsake him. Huh? Ain't that rhyme in the Bible? But Peter takes a beating for that. They just all get on old Peter and the crow. Told on him, but hey, what about them other guys? Yeah, she said, pray for me. Why? But my point is when, when you tell people stuff and they laugh at you and you say God's going to do this or God's going to save you, I'm holding on the man of God or the woman of God or God spoke it into my spirit that you're going to be saved, my family, my house, my friends. 
or I'm going to get that good job. You start telling that stuff around, they're going to start laughing at you. I don't know about you, but people laugh at you enough, you'll just quit. You'll just shut up. That brother-in-law will tell you about it. You can't make him mad about insurance. Just call him and say, I need a life policy. Give me your name after church. I'll, I'll send him to your house. He'll be there tomorrow. He'll have a brand new pen and a brand new paper ready to start talking to you, Brother Kenny. But the first one of us that go to somebody's house and they say, no, I don't believe in that. Most of us get back in our car and go home and go, test, go witness to anybody else. That was a good time to say amen, but that's all right. I'll walk on through that. <laughs> Maybe that don't happen over here, but it happens at my house, Brother Allen. I've been in places, Brother Everett, that God's told me to go speak to somebody, and I just walk right on past that. I'll tell you all a quick story because i got to wrap it up. I've got seven minutes. But here's what I want to tell you. We was riding down the road coming back from um, Madison, and I seen a man at a place of business, and I told Honey, I said, Honey, you got any money? She don't let me carry no money, and we'll talk about that on another night. And she says her famous words to Wayne is, I got some. She never says how much some is, but she got some. So I said, dig in the purse. We going back. So we whirl back around. I'm driving because I can be in charge then. And, I, and, and she's digging in her purse, getting us some money out, Sister Cricket. And I didn't even look at it. I just grabbed it and walked to the man. I felt like God had told me to give this man the money. Honest, God's truth. Sister Danielle, I'm telling you the truth. I walk up to the man. He's scratching off a lottery ticket. <laughs> man, I ain't lying to y'all. I'm in the church house. Sister man, I almost put that money back in my pocket, went back in my blue Prius and went to Chiefland. <laughs> I ain't lying to y'all, but God, I felt God told me to give that man that money. I just handed him that money and walked off. Because it ain't my job to judge. It ain't my job to pick and choose. My job is just to obey the voice of God. When God says go, I just got to get up and go. It's just easy for me to just keep my hand on my pocket and say, well, that man's going to play the lottery with that thing. Yeah, but it don't matter, Brother Jerry. What happens if God gives you a word to give somebody and you don't give that word to somebody? What happens if that person perishes and don't get to where it's supposed to get to? Didn't Jesus say, freely you receive? See, so many times we like to put conditions on that thing where God ain't, I don't know, that ain't what God said. See, it's easy when they say hallelujah in this wonderful church when everybody's worshiping like there was Sunday and, you know, just having a great Holy Ghost blowout. But when it's just you and no, the hinder out there, that's a little different then. When you're at home laying in your bed and you're all excited about what God said he's going to do for you and he starts talking in your mind, that ain't going to happen. But here's the great thing about him. He can't kill you. Amen. He can't do nothing with you. Unless God says he can do that, Brother Danny. But here's the great thing about God. I don't want to leave without telling you this about his, Jesus' brothers. Acts 1, 12 through 14, as the disciples are, and everybody's headed to the upper room. It said, then return they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode both Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zalot, and Judas, the brother of James. And verse 14 says, These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. 
Brother Wayne, that just moves my heart. They had to see something in Jesus that they said, you know what? We want more than what we got. They might have told him, said, look, if you really who you say you are, go show yourself. Your disciples want to see you. And they didn't believe who he was. But that didn't stop Jesus from being Jesus, Brother Larry. When the old smutty face come along, tried to hinder Jesus. And wasn't it when Jesus come out of the, that 40-day fast in, in the wilderness, the first person to meet him was the devil. And he said, he said, what did he say? How did he say that? If thou be. Question him. That's what the devil does to us. Sister Lynn, if you really believe what you said, or you know what, you've been praying for that a long time, but it ain't happened. That's okay. That's called faith. You just keep pushing. Don't stop pushing. Just keep pushing. I thought about when we was in Chiefland, I wanted to do a giveaway shop. And uh, some friends of mine owned Bet's Big T at that time, and they had a little building off. And then all it done was grow trees and limbs and vines and rats. And so I said, hey, you reckon y'all mind if I took that building and gave away clothes and all that kind of stuff in it? Would y'all mind that? They said, oh, no, we don't mind that. So that would be fine. Nobody's using it. I said, okay. So we went down there, Brother Larry, and cleaned it up. Because Brother Huggins always encouraged us. We felt God moving on us to do something about that. Amen. And so we went down there and cleaned the building up. And they happened to have a church right on the little it was a triangle. They had their church on that triangle. They was Trinitarian and we was Jesus' name, apostolic. Some crazy reason Wayne put pamphlets and all that inside that little shop that they could give around about Jesus' name, baptism and healing and all that. But it didn't take them long. Brother Jerry to come over and say, you're not going to believe this. We've got a use for that building. I said, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to use that building. We found a, we got a a reason to use it now. And I remember going to church and and just being all upset and telling Brother Huggins, I mean, man, I really felt like God said somebody told us to do that. You know what I mean? I was just as expecting, man, the people just to flock in there and, man, just give away everything. They just showed up, Brother Allen, and they said, look, we want our building back. And he told me, he said, Wayne, maybe God was just seeing whether you'd step out by faith and just do something. God's got bigger and better down the road for you, Brother Everett, but let's just, let's, will you just get out of the boat? And I can tell you, some years later, Brother Justin, that God did give us a trailer there at the church, and we was uh, paid for, moved in, fixed it up. Everything was fine. But at that time, Brother Larry, I couldn't see that. I was just hurt because my feelings was hurt because we got hindered from giving away something that we just knew God wanted us to do. So I close with this. We all know about... My mind just went blank. Forgive me. Who was who was Ananias? Thank you. We all know the story about Jesus telling Ananias about this man called Saul and how Ananias kicked Brother Dave and didn't want to go talk to him. But God makes this statement. He said, Ananias, he's a chosen vessel. He must suffer many things for my namesake. So real quickly in closing, I want to read you just a little bit of his testimony. Because there was really a lot of times here, Brother Jack, 
he could have took the exit. Paul could have said, I just, this ain't for me. I'm just not cut out for this. But he said, 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 25, he says, Are they the ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequent, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Three times was I beaten with rod, once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck, and night and a day I've spent in the deep. First Corinthians four eleven through 13 said, Even unto this present hour we both hunger, thirst, or naked, or buffeted, and have no certain dwelling place. And labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as a filth of the world and are the offscouring of all things unto this day. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 11 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. He said, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body, for which we live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. I'm thinking about if that happened to me, Sister Lynn. I wonder how many times I'd have been saying, I'm ready to get off of this street now. Because I've had my feelings hurt when people didn't come to church that I asked to come to church. I've had my feelings hurt when I prayed for things that I felt God really laid on my heart, Brother Donnie, that it was going to happen. It just didn't happen. I've had my feelings hurt when people just laughed at me when I told them about God's a healer and God's a deliverer and God will fix things for you if you allow them. And they laughed at me and it hurt my feelings, Brother Rayleigh. But compared to Paul's testimony, I can't even, I can't even walk behind him 100 yards. He said in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, I'm hurrying up here, and he says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased. I know how to be abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Then he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me, and if I can get you to stand, we're closing. But what he says in 2 Timothy, Brother Larry, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, he didn't make no excuses, Sister Donna. You know, he did say one time that what he had when he was a big dog in the Jewish religion, he said, I just count them as dumb. That don't mean anything to me no more. This is what he said as he's finishing his walk now. He said, for I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. Oh, God, don't you want to say I've fought a good fight? Oh, I want to say I've finished my course. and I've kept the faith. He said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Oh, I love this part here, Brother Kenny. He said, not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. Could I get you to raise your hands? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 
or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.